You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm back, back in the New York Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host of Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Oh, I'm with you as always, Grump. Greetings from the hotel lobby in Boise, Idaho, where I'm about as far away from Giants practice as I could be, but I am there in spirit. So how are you doing? I'm all right. I've had uh, quite an eventful weekend. We have an eventful week coming up. The season is upon us. You know what I mean? It's it's really we're in the thick of it now. We're we're into now our second training camp report. We have a preseason game at the end of this week on Thursday. So this is this is live bullets. We're getting to live yeah. bullets. It was a lot of fun last week. You know, we uh, we went to practice last Wednesday. Uh, we got to be on the. Talking Giants uh, post-practice uh, show, which was a lot of fun. Thanks to Bobby and, and Justin for letting us join them. And uh, more exciting stuff with them coming up this week, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I still have to nail out the final details, but I believe they're doing a live stream of the Thursday night preseason game, and I will be joining them for that in their offices. I, yeah, I will be at Rage Against the Machine Thursday night because – the way watching this giant team this year, I may need to do some raging, so I'm getting it out of my system next Thursday at the Garden. So, well, to be honest, and, and we we do have music conversations on this show. I'm not. I, I mean, it sounds like you're getting the better deal here. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm watching a preseason football game, and you get to see Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> well, let's just hope there's not as many giant injuries as Zach Delarocho has to do the the concert on a bar stool because he he hurt his leg. So hopefully, the Giants are in better shape after the preseason. Uh, game than uh, what Rage has to go through. <laughs> I guess I guess it's it's tough getting old, huh? Um, uh, that's and by the way, an update: I am having my shoulder surgery in two weeks for my uh, my rotator cuff. So as I the cranky fan is falling apart uh, right in front of your eyes. How much of the season are you going to be in a sling for? Are you starting the season on the pup? Uh, I'll be pup the beginning, but they're told I'm told that I'll be in a sling for a couple of weeks, but I should be ready for. For week one, so um, okay. Just, I mean, I'm pretty sure that goes against the the league rules to to play week one, and but you know that's okay. <laughs> we'll, 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 always the troopers we are. We'll just struggle through it, and uh, providing nothing but great giant content for all of you guys out there. Yeah, um, you don't need a shoulder to do what you do, to be honest. So I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. We went to training camp practice. Uh, I went to FanFest. FanFest was great. I got to meet a bunch of you guys. I got to see what y'all look like. Um, it was it was a little bit of a shit show from everything because I, I got drunk pretty fast. It was really, really hot. Really hot. You guys were all troopers out there. Um, I, you know, uh, the practice itself was kind of sloppy. It had its moments of, uh, you know, looking fun but in general the the common theme is that the offense is looking sloppy um and that is 100 percent true um i'm seeing the the community start to divide between why are you being so negative not not to me but in general why is everyone being so negative and uh the other side of the fence being like oh boy here we go again i would like to remind everyone that um, I am not ever going to say something is positive if it is in fact negative. So I'll be negative as long as the things I see are negative. And 
uh, that it's only been a couple of practices. So this is a brand new offense, brand new defense, lots of young guys trying to learn things. And uh, yes, it's looked rough at times. It's also looked really good at times. Um, they're they're ramping up. You know, they started very slow this training camp. Um, a lot of walkthroughs and things like that. They've added pads, and things have slowly gotten more intense and more physical. Uh, as they've gone through this. This has all been part of Brian Dable's plan to ramp up the intensity as they go. And this is a very difficult defense to practice against. And there's a distinction between a very difficult scheme and a very difficult defense. And, you know, when we say that it's a tough scheme to practice against, that's not saying we have 11 pro bowlers on defense. This is going to be the 85 Bears. It's just, you know, it's a defense that's constantly going at the quarterback. It's not traditional. And, when you're practicing a set every week, you're not going to look good. If you're doing a lot of situational drills, if it's third and 10, you're not going to look good probably consistently. The question is going to be, how does this defense, this offense build consistency? How does this quarterback build consistency over time? So again, these are practices. They are drills. They are not games. They are not, you know, we're not in the regular season yet. And I think people are just getting a little crazy when they hear a practice report so, or see a video sometimes out of context and make these assumptions, especially if you have a narrative in your head of what you thought before. So I think you just, you know, just keep watching, observing, make little mental notes. And, you know, the first big step will be Thursday when you see him in a game situation that's not scripted, you know, keep following, you know, take notes to get to the other two preseason games. When we get to week one, you'll get a better feel, but you shouldn't be in any camp right now. It's just <laughs> hate to keep saying it, but it's, Still building a team at this point. Yeah, I mean, we're entering an age of hyper-focus, especially coming out of, um, you know, COVID uh, pandemic, two years of restricted viewing, restricted access, you know, ambiguity as to whether or not the season was even going to happen. So there is a, there is already a growing trend of hunger for as much information as possible, generally speaking, over the last 10 to 20 years. You couple that with the, you know, now insatiable hunger of having restricted access for the last two years, and I think everyone might be expecting too much too fast. Um, you know, you say that this is a tough defense, defensive scheme to practice against, and I would say that's absolutely true. It's also true that it's a tough defensive scheme to learn an offense against. I mean, th- this is this is kind of the thing is that it's not for, forget about whether or not that means a good thing or a bad thing for our defense. In general, when you're learning a new offense, to go up against a really creative, really exotic, blitz-heavy defense that's designed to confuse a team that knows what they're doing um, and then have to face that when you're not 100% sure on what you're doing because it's brand new, it's going to look shitty, and it's going to look shitty for a long time because, remember, on the defensive side, those guys are now also getting practice every time that there's live reps. So they're getting better just at the same time the offense is getting better, but the offense is still going to look worse as they get, because they're still behind. That's yeah. going to happen. Now, bringing this all over to the preseason. Now, Brian Dable has said that he thinks it's really valuable in this day and age for the starters to get live reps in the preseason. That is really, really important, but it's important more so for the fact that this offense can finally see a defense that's somewhat vanilla, that is not trying to pressure and confuse on every single play. Instead, they'll be seeing a defense that's trying to get the details right. 
because that's practice for the other team to get their defense together. They're not game planning. They're not trying to confuse. They're just trying to run their defense. So I think now, – now the hope then is that on Thursday we start to see something better from the offense. It should. If we're seeing in the preseason games, by the second preseason game, if we're still seeing a sluggish offense with the same problems, then you can get very legitimately concerned. But until we get to that point, everything now is going up against a very difficult it's a tough if it's it's a tough school right now. There's no there's no grading curve when you're going up against a defense like this. Um, Aaron Rodgers actually was interviewed late last week where he said, in his opinion, the practice reps are more valuable than the preseason reps because of this very thing. Um, because the defenses that you see in practice, from his perspective, his opinion, he's acknowledged that he could be wrong about this, but in his opinion, the vanilla defenses he faces in preseason, now remember, Aaron Rodgers knows his offense like the back of his hand already, um, they don't do much for him. They don't really get him ready. They don't prepare him. It's those practice reps where they're going up against the different defense that's trying to practice their own thing that he gets more value out of it. So something to consider in that as well, right? Yeah. I mean, preseason games are like getting ready for the season and not just running your reps, but it's also you're you're playing a three-hour game. And, you know, the, 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 the pacing and the timing of, okay, you're on the field for – five or six plays and then there's a punch and you go sit down for 15 minutes you're back up again that you're trying to simulate what real game uh conditions are like which you can't replicate with controlled scrimmages or controlled reps or anything so it's it's as much about getting ready for the season that way as it is running your offense against a specific defense and you know there to your point there's no game planning for preseason games i'm I really doubt right now Bill Belichick is sitting in his room till three in the morning thinking how he's going to stop us on third and three. That's not the goal of what he's trying to do. He's trying to get his, you know, just getting his defense, the reps that they need too. So I, I, I'm still, again, until we're into the season and we really start to see some real trends against live ammunition with this offense, I, I really can't get too carried away one way or the other, what you're seeing and what you're seeing from reports. I think we just, I know like a decade isn't long enough, but let's have a little more patience in what we see till we see results against, you know, the real deal of real games. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking to some level of game planning, they have in practice turned over some of the play calling directly to Daniel Jones and directly to Xavier McKinney, um, which I assume we're going to see at some point I hope I hope at some point in the preseason, whether it's the first, second, or third game, I don't really care. But at some point, if that's going to be the thing in the regular season that these guys are going to be calling defenses, calling offenses in any in anything, in a, in a two-minute offense or a two-minute defense or in any capacity, that they should practice that in the preseason. I'd like to see that because they've been doing that in practice, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I think it's interesting – I don't know. I don't know if I think it's interesting, but I think it's very good forward thinking for Wink Martindale to have Xavier McKinney with the communication helmet. Where I think we're entering now a league that prioritizes a defense that kind of functions somewhat like Wink's in that there's a lot of DBs on the field and necessarily won't have your your Mike backer, right? Right. Um, I think that's I think that's cool. I think that's a smart player to pick, and uh, so far the reports and practices that he's done a good job calling defense and it's a little harder on himself than I think the coaches are. 
I also feel like he's, you know, the real leader of this defense. I think he's been around long enough that he has the respect of the locker room. I mean, uh, you know, he's back there. You know, I, I think it's right. I think it's the, you know, the right position and the right guy and the right time for him to be that leader and the one who is the vocal, you know, calling out plays and getting everybody ready to go. I, I think it's smart. I would agree with you because uh, th- this is an identity-less team right now. I mean, they are comprised of components built by three different regimes. Four, if you count Sterling Shepard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of GM, head coach, etc. So, uh, actually, does Sterling Shepard go all the way back to Coughlin? This is what, his seventh year? I'm not really sure. I, he was definitely under McAdoo. He was definitely under Shermer. He was definitely under Judge. And he is now under uh, Dable. So I'm not sure. I, I think he was drafted while Tom Coughlin was still here. So, I mean, there. This is basically the point is that this, this is a roster that's amalgamated over several, several, several regimes they're all picked for different i mean i guess for all for the same reason for their skills right but they're they're all picked to be part of what was once a different vision um so there is no real true identity right now they're building it now this is year one of building that and xavier mckinney is the young guy that i think will be the voice of the defense for years to come do do we think there's any issues that it's not leonard williams i mean from a on the field standpoint and from a you know an ego standpoint i mean he's the guy who makes the big money no, yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I think I would just say that communication is more conducive to guys who are standing up and further back. That's why it's generally linebackers. Okay. It's general, generally defensive backs. Those are generally your leaders because they have to be communicating everything. The down well, lineman can be, I, you know, Justin Tuck can be a locker presence. And I think that Leonard Williams is one of those guys who can be as well. But I would say the emerging leader, like mm-hmm. in, Leonard Williams may, may not be an emerging giant. You know what I mean? In in two years, sure. is Leonard Williams going to be here? Xavier McKinney, I could see getting the long term second contract. I could I could see McKinney potentially being a giant for life. There, there's at this juncture no reason to think that he won't. Uh, other than it's just it's a short league with short career paths. Um, gotcha. Well, that's why I split up between on the field versus you know the intangible factor. And yeah, well, I mean, I think I don't right. I think that people can be a locker room leader. And not necessarily a, a field leader, but I think it's pretty difficult to be a field leader and not also a locker room leader, right? Agreed. I, I, sure. I think I think it's probably possible, but awfully difficult. You know that 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 level of like having to organize and manage everything and make sure everything's good. I, I think that's not something you turn on and off. I think it's just who you are. You are. The, the, yeah. The, you're the person. Um. Okay. Before we get into generality generalities of practice, I think it's really important. The most important thing of training camp, other than your install, is uh, your output and uh, what roster you have on the field. And that, of course, speaks to injuries. The Giants have suffered injuries, some longer than others, um, but they've managed to avoid the major blow thus far. It's still, it's still very early, but uh, Marcus McKeithen was probably the biggest one in terms of length of injury towards ACL at FanFest. I, I saw him fall. I wasn't really, it was kind of away from the ball, uh, but it was one of those ones where 
you see the fall and the immediate grab and you kind of have a pretty good idea of how it's going. It's training camp, so the speed of the cart coming out didn't really surprise me. I mean, even if he just kind of stubbed his toe, I have no problem with them being carted off for training camp. Who cares? You know, be be cautious. But that's a big one. Marcus McKeithen, you know, I, I have not yet released the video I was going to do, the breakdown of him as a draft-eligible player. The later round guys I was saving for training camp to see how they looked. But I wasn't expecting Marcus McKeithen to do a single thing this year. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't earn a jersey this year. So not a major blow to the roster. This is the most we'll probably ever talk about him, basically. In, in 2022, yes. Yeah. Um, Dane Belton is probably the most important guy to suffer an injury. He was getting a ton of first-team reps as the third safety, which was somewhat surprising to me. Um, not not surprising. It, it just it almost seemed like they really wanted him to have the job. They weren't handing it to him, but they were giving him every opportunity to earn it. He broke his collarbone, so he is in a sling, although I think he's ditched the sling thus far. He is not getting surgery on the collarbone, um, and he should be out something like eight to ten weeks out of action. So uh, that's that's a that's a bummer because that was a guy they were hoping to get first team reps out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think that he was hand selected for this defense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other big one is today Andre Miller, who was a undrafted free agent wide receiver for Maine. He's a tall guy that they were converting to the H back and tight end spot. I would not have believed that if you told me when they first picked him. Uh, but he was also getting a ton of first team reps in that regard, which is which is huge. Uh, that's partially due to injury. Uh, you know, Ricky Seals Jones, for whatever reason, hasn't been practicing. Um, Daniel Bellinger has been practicing, but initially was on POP, so I think his reps are managed. Um, Aikens, the tight end that they got, I'm not even sure he's going to make the team. So Andre Miller was really getting a lot of first team reps. So a broken forearm for him. Uh, is is not going to be season ending ending for him, but those are massive reps for an undrafted free agent to completely lose. So I don't know when we're going to see him, if ever. Hey, hey, real quick, is that too loud? I don't even hear it. Okay, perfect. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on Andre Miller getting hurt? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. It's it's a blow because they were trying to get him in the first team. Uh, but it's not as if he was drafted with assets dumped into him and now they can't use him. Uh, it seemed right. like maybe they thought they had something there and they were getting some confirmation on that. And now they're they will not be tra- able to see it. They're interesting training camp battles that you're like, oh, that's interesting. I'll follow. Let me take a look at that. But it's something it's in the grand scheme of things. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, this team's screwed. I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that entirely, right? Um, I, mm-hmm. I would say the position battle there is important because we're we are ironing out the first team tight end H back, and that is important. Yeah. The fact that it's him going down, I'll say, is not the most important thing. I mean, if we had found a diamond in the rough with an undrafted free agent to be our H back, that's going to contribute even in a let's just say in a normal capacity as tight end two. Um, to not have that sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also pretty rare. I mean, just because he was earning those first-team reps, he did score a touchdown in the training camp, you know, whatever. But I- I'm not going to say that he was blowing me away. Getting He was just he was was earning he getting first-team reps. reps because of victim of, of circumstance or because of earning it? I, I would say it was a mixture of both. I don't think he ever would have gotten consideration if it weren't for circumstance. But 
I would say that he was continuing because he didn't look like a fool out there playing with the first teams. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh-huh. So you have a guy with the first team that looks like he belongs, and now he can't practice. So in that gotcha. regard, I'll say it's a bigger deal. Um, okay. But but overall, I don't think Andre Miller was going to wow any of us as an H-back, only just look like he belonged. So mm-hmm. that stinks is what I'll say. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, the big news out of today is that there was a fight in camp. Um, and it was, it, it was a huge scrum, uh, bench clearing from both sides initiated. So the, the reports are that Saquon, okay. The reports are that the camps were increasing in physicality as, uh, it was all part of Brian Dable's plan to do this increase intensity, you know, get people into it's hot. So the first couple practices were just kind of like getting everyone acclimated to their level of endurance. And now we're really, we're popping, we're hitting. And today Saquon Barkley lowered his shoulder into a defender a little harder than I guess practice had been running. Um, And on the next play that carried over into a a louder hit into somebody else and then a tackle and then people were getting dragged and then O-line coaches were pushing and shoving. People were being thrown to the ground and eventually you have both benches completely cleared into scrum in the middle of the field. Um, positive, right negative, on, or neutral for you? It, it's right on schedule. I mean, it's an, it's it's a neutral to me. I mean, these guys are they're ramping up intensity. They've been banging each other for you know three weeks now almost. They're ready to hit somebody else. They're ready for the season to start. And you know, you keep hitting the same guy over and over again. You matching up against him at some point. You know, it's gonna get a little tiresome. And, and this happens every year with every team. So to me, it's just. You know, you don't want things getting out of control and somebody getting hurt, obviously. But at the same time, you like that competitive juices flowing to the point that it's probably a little over the line. So I don't have any problem with this as long as nobody gets hurt. And once you're done, you remember at the end of the day, you're all still giants on the same team trying to do the same thing. And it doesn't linger if it's something where it it holds over to the next practice, the next practice, and you got to do something. But these things happen almost every training camp with every team. So I'm not too concerned about it. No, I, I would I would agree 100% with everything you just said. I think this happens, if not every year, every other year. There's a scrum mm-hmm. practice. This happened to be a big one. I think the size just is dictated entirely by circumstance. Um, this was something we could see coming. The chippiness was growing throughout mm-hmm. practices as they ramped up. I'm going to say this. I, I normally have no opinion on the fight. It, it happens. It's, I, and to me, this is a product of natural competitors literally fighting for a job and mm-hmm. this this just happens you know it just it, it eventually someone gets frustrated enough to egg the other person over the edge and then you know shit happens right. um but i'll say this based on the personnel involved in this i feel pretty good about this saquon barkley is not usually an instigator of anything overly physical so i like that um, you know, John Feliciano is a guy who I am expecting to see big things from. The fact that I'm seeing him, what I what I have viewed from him, I've been especially critical of him not practicing. But the practice we went to, he looked fantastic. He was throwing Dexter Lawrence to the ground in individuals. Now we're seeing him in the nitty-gritty here, and his absence is obvious. When he is not playing, the offensive line looks like shit. That's not to say that he's fantastic, but he is vital is what it is. You know, Tate Crowder getting involved. Cam Brown, I think, was involved. All these guys getting involved. Aaron Robinson. These are the guys I want to see some edge from. 
and I'm I'm seeing it. So I'll you know if it was the the standard Dexter Lawrence got into a scrum with Will Hernandez, I would I would simply shrug and have no opinion because I would expect that on a Tuesday. You well, know? also about Saquon Barkley, the fact you know the guy is ready to play now. You know he's no no longer playing timid, no longer you know maybe any mental blocks he's had about playing at 100%. The guy's at 110% now. He's getting into brawls in camp. He's ready for the season to start and play at maximum velocity. So I think that's good. Yeah, that's what I mean, man. I, first of all, even in a game, I get critical of Saquon Barkley not lowering his shoulder into a defender. So the mm-hmm. fact that he's doing it in practice, I actually love. I mean, it's, it's out of character for me to now. If you do that all the time, you know, whatever. But speaking to the run game, and now we can kind of transition into the actual performance here. Um, it has been a um, story thus far in camp, thus far being like a week. So, again, not a whole lot of time being spent here. But the story has been that the offense has been very boomer bust. A lot of miscommunication between quarterback and receivers um, has made throwing look like shit. But on top of that, I mean, we're seeing a lot of them playing through would-be sacks because there's also offensive line is not communicating well enough. The running backs are not communicating. We saw Saquon Barkley run the wrong way early in practice right, when we that. went on Wednesday. There's been miscommunication all over. But the one thing that, again, only that I've seen with my eyes at the practice I went to and the Fan Fest, the run game looks like it's coming along. Now, I don't know if that's because the defense can't play the run or this offensive line understands the run concepts and they're running them really well. I'm not sure which it is, but the running game has looked very good from what I've seen. In in FanFest especially looked really, really good. Yeah, well, I mean, they also have Saquon Barkley back there too. And you have, when healthy, one of the probably top five running backs in the league, that's going to make it look better as well. You know, you don't have a cast of characters back there who may be just replacement level running backs too. Yeah, but I would say even guys like uh, Breda's looked really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's also incredibly fast. So, um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I, I just in general, I think that the running game is just ahead of the passing game right now because there's just a lot more communication. There, I think there's a lot of stuff on the receivers to understand at the line of scrimmage as well. I really. I'd really be curious, you know, if you did a comparison of all 32 teams right now, are these communication issues the baseline of where are we just like an average NFL team with the standard communication issues, especially an NFL team with a new coaching staff to the trying to implement new things? Or is this, you know, unusual amount of communication issues and, you know, guys in the wrong place lined up the wrong way, cutting the wrong way and they should have. Because when you, when you put it in a vacuum of, oh, seems like there's a lot of problems, but it's like, where is this relative to everything else? Yeah, no, I would say that this is probably worse than, well, it's definitely worse than your average NFL offense right now. now well, I get that. I mean, it's not fair to compare. But it, but it should be, paper. right? Yeah, it right. should be. There, there's no way you show somebody material, you know, six months ago versus material that they've been running through their sleep for years and have it be the same. Right. But where are they compared to other brand new offenses around the league? I would say that they're probably 
maybe slightly behind or right on schedule versus what that is. Remember, what it is they're going up against as well. This is a new offense trying to understand complicated things, and I'm pretty sure that the wide receivers have a lot more responsibility than they did last year. Jason Garrett's offense was incredibly vanilla, so some of the guys that came here last year, like Kenny Galladay, not that they can't learn it, but they're coming from what was a very straightforward offense from a wide receiver standpoint now has a lot of different variables based on, you know, the way the defense is set up and way there's subtracting to calculus. I mean, yeah, no, it really is. And it's not that they can't do it, but this is a bigger jump than just a a normal install. You know, um, Mm -hmm. Brian Dable revealed as much that there was leeway to be, you know, between the wide receivers, you know, Kadarius Tony has options, on based on how things are lined up with him it's it is practice that will get Kadarius Tony and Daniel Jones on the same page based on based entirely on what it is they are looking at so yeah. it, you know it's complicated Kevin Gilbride's offense had this kind of stuff going wrong uh, during regular season games because it was so complicated that's not to say it needs to be toned down it's just practice ain't what it used to be there's a lot less of it um, defensively, have you seen anything that you liked that you wanted to call out uh, that you didn't like? Anything defensively that kind of jumped off the page for you? I just like that the defense isn't dumbing it down in these practices to help the offense out. I think the defense has a job to do, and they have to get ready for a season as well. So I like the fact that they are being aggressive in practice, and they are – making it exotic and they are making it difficult for the offense that to me you can't just turn the mindset on you can't just turn it you know the the physicality the uh you know the complexity on because it's week one all of a sudden against a different opponent so i just like the way they're approaching installing this offense and being a full blast right now that that to me was the biggest uh i thought they'd maybe maybe a step or so slower just to kind of help the, the offense out but that's not the case and that made me feel good about what they're doing I, I think I don't want to walk back on anything that I've said in the past. Uh, I think that Patrick Graham ran a very good defense and a very intelligent defense based on roster limitations that he had. And then when you know he was given some pieces, he tried to do more with it, and it still wasn't enough. You know, there wasn't enough edge pressure that he was given last year in order to run man coverage like he wanted, etc. That said, I think that this defense and being unapologetic with their blitzing, you know, exposing themselves at times and just Mm -hmm. risking it and going for it, I'm not... A, I personally like that better. You know, if you don't have a good roster, you're not going to just be able to scheme your way out of it for 17 games, in my opinion. Exactly. You can scheme your way out of an injury depleted roster for three or four games, probably, but for 17 games, if you don't have the roster, you're just going to have to live and die by having a bad defense, I think. And I kind of mm-hmm. like that. But also what I think it does is it allows players to to, to look good. I don't know how to – I don't. I, I, my English is failing me a little you bit You can here. look really good or look really bad in this defense. Yeah. I, I, There's I, no I, middle ground. It's just you're going to have highlights and you're going to be embarrassed on yeah. SportsCenter. Exactly. I mean, they're they're really going to just play as if they have a good roster and let the chips fall where they may is what it looks like. And guys like Leonard Williams seem to be benefiting. Guys like Kayvon Thibodeau seem to be benefiting mm-hmm. right sure, off the bat. Be. 
because dude, even even O'Shane Ziminis is beginning to benefit from that because O'Shane Ziminis is not a good edge defender. He's not. Mm. What he is good at is just simply rushing the passer. He's not a good run defender. He doesn't look very good in coverage. And Patrick Graham tried to work around these things and make it work with his defense. That's not what he's good at. So when Wink Martindale puts him out there, he is just running at the quarterback. And if he screws up on the edge and the defender or he can't hold the edge and can't contain the run, then that is just going to be what happens. And I guess I have a little PTSD going back to my you know last couple of years at Florida, how we ran a similar style of defense. But I'm trying to hope that Wink's defense and the way he's calling the defense will be smarter in approach than what what the, what the Gators are doing with their defense because it was just it, not that the scheme was so you know uh, complex and so just going after the quarterback it was just poorly poorly timed like going at the mad blitzes on downs that were not obvious blitzing downs and putting the defense in not the best position to succeed so I'm hoping that this is a smarter application of this type of defense. I just still have a little PTSD. I'm a little nervous about it, not having, you know, all the personnel that we need, especially on the back end to execute this and prevent as few, you know, as many of those busted plays and big quick scores as possible. I, I, uh, I understand and acknowledge that, um, and I think that you should be nervous because it is going to cause problems. There's going to be times this year where an opponent is going to score an 80-yard touchdown on a busted coverage mm-hmm. due to a blitz. It will happen because this it's is not a good caught. defensive roster. It just isn't. Right. Um, that said, though, uh, I, 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 a, my, my initial point really is that some guys are looking better than we've seen them simply because they're giving an opportunity to mm-hmm. just go do things. Yes. Um, and Certain um, players are being put in the best position to succeed. Is this entire defense going to be put in the best position to succeed? Is it to be determined? But there's also something we have to keep telling ourselves too. And again, going back to that patient game, this is year one of the plan. You know, the roster is going to have to be strengthened. And it will be over the next year, two years, three years too. So, you know, you install it now. You hope for the best. You know, it does. If this team doesn't make the Super Bowl this year, that's fine. There's next year too. So. I'm trying to long game my view of this and try to temper that frustration when I see a guy wide open for 20 yards is waiting for the ball to come down. But, you know, there is a long game to this and it's not 2022 or bust. Yeah, correct. Because it's going to happen. But, you know, me personally, when I compare what I expect this year to be in next and what happened last year uh, with both, both with depleted rosters, though this one, uh, I, it's hard to say if this defense is better because we added Thibodeau, but we lost James Bradbury. Um, mm-hmm. It is difficult for me to say this defense from a roster standpoint is better than it was last year. I think it's pretty close. But I would rather be giving up leads right before halftime because of an 80-yard bomb on a busted coverage once in a while than every single game getting dinked and dunked to score right before halftime every single game. Because, well, yeah, that, I mean, that, that was a horrible problem that we had last year with that defense is that it was good for most of the game, but if there was a two-minute situation, it was almost a guaranteed touchdown on us. That's a systemic problem as opposed to just a blown play. You know, a blown play happens. It happens in this league. We may be more susceptible than normal because of what we're trying to do, but a blown play happens when it's a systemic problem. 
that you know dinked and dunked you're not adjusting to it we we can't get guys in the right position to do it you can't execute that's a much bigger problem i completely agree with you on that yeah and and to your point this is going to be a long game thing just like everything with this it, it we are entering the part of the year now and we're seeing it as people start to complain that the long view is the most difficult way to watch um, I am going to get frustrated at preseason games. I'm going to get frustrated, and this will be the first look, actually, of of you guys if you if you tune into the Talking Giants live stream of what I look like when I'm watching the game. Um, it's quite a picture. <laughs> I I you will see me get mad, and in my head I understand and know the long game. I just I don't watch games that way. I analyze games that way. And you should, I'm not analyzing what I'm watching. You should not be watching a game if a guy gives a first down. Like, well, you know, in two years, once we have our Yeah, I don't give a fuck our, about you two know, years. You, Are you, you kidding me? There. Right. You want to win. You want to, you want to succeed. You want to be happy. I mean, sports are about entertainment and enjoyment above, above all. I mean, mm-hmm. we're also invested in this. But my, my lows are tempered. By the fact that I know this is a long game, that doesn't mean it doesn't at that moment I'm not going to be like, ah, well, you know, <laughs> this will be this will be corrected in two years from now. So I can't have any emotion for it. Yeah, the the, the long game view is nice and easy from January up until July, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then once August happens and you start hearing that things aren't going that well, um, really, really difficult to continue that view. But you have to, you have to, because it is important to note that this was. Not only this was this was kind of uh, unlike most other transitions to the front offices, right? Joe Shane went in here and did a whole draft process, knowing he had snakes in the building, and then only eradicated some of them after the draft. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really really bizarre. He really was not leaning on a full staff to complete a draft in an off season. So even this was like a point five. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how you whatever. It's not like he really had the benefit of a full off season yet. It's like a transition oh. class for recruiting in college football. You get in there late. You don't have time to use, you know, your 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 assistant coaches for recruiting. It's just this is what I got, and I have to make some decisions pretty quickly. Yeah. And then next year, when your bump classes, when you go, now I got my people on the ground. I have my staff. I have my philosophy. I have my grading system. Now I can have my draft. So that's what we'll have next year with this team. Yeah. But next year is weeks. next year is next year's problem. You know we. As we're telling you this long view, we also have the the uh, the short view, and that's why we're doing these episodes every single week, um, and it's mm-hmm. why we're fans and we watch every single week. So, um, that's right. I will, as far as I know, today Monday afternoon, um, I will be on the Talking Giants live stream for the preseason game on Thursday. So you can check that out on their YouTube channel. Which and there's a very good knows. chance I may be calling in during that at some point, right after post concert or whatever, to check in to see what's happening too. So yeah, and and Rage Against the Machine is is technically Giants content. They're on the soundtrack for the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, a major part of the soundtrack, I would say. If it wasn't um, for Guns N' Roses, Rage Against the Machine, and ACDC, it would be a very quiet stadium for the last couple of years. Yeah, we got to update that. I mean, was Please. that soundtrack compiled in 1993 or something? <laughs> Um. Right? Yeah, really. There's nothing... Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that is where you'll see me. You can catch Cranky Fan as usual on his FL Teams podcast as well. You want to talk a little bit about that? I'll probably be on vacation this week since I've been on vacation here. I have had nothing... I haven't had the chance to watch anything really being here in the great uh, 
land of potatoes, which is a very nice state, by the way. I do like it, but I, you know, I have not been able to have a full football, a uh, full baseball weekend as much as I want. And uh, so it might be off this week, but catch me on the FL teams channel. So I rant about the Rays and getting ready for Florida Gator football, which is starting in four weeks, week before the, the, the Giants start their season. So. That's right, and we're going to have a college football watch list episode yeah. around that time as well. So for you Longview folks, I know you're out there, <laughs> and I know that you watch this show because you talk to me. Um, this is That is your Longview start of the season for us. Uh, so that'll be exciting for, for you. the Green Day for You that. other dorks. I don't want to just call you dorks because I am absolutely one of them. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, next episode of this show will be same time next week, barring something massive um, or, you know, something big from the uh, preseason game. Maybe we'll have a postgame thing. But I, I think probably all that can probably wait till the Tuesday. Episode. And let's throw this out there now. We will both be in attendance for the one preseason game next Saturday. So Sunday. Next Sunday. That's correct. So for all of you who have other plans, cancel them right now <laughs> make a plan to be in the parking lot with our uh, normal tailgate crew we will be there for that game that's right I, I i i don't know what is it l16 i think yeah yeah um all right everyone as usual you can catch this show on soundcloud spotify itunes etc and of course the video version on youtube where it is better enjoyed we will catch you all next time go giants, go giants.